Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. Tonight, we are going to be joined by friend of the show, Nick, who's going to be telling us about his recent trip to Walt Disney World. I am Scott, and I'm happy to be joined tonight by Jack. Jack, how are you? I'm good, Scott. Excited to uh, talk. Excited to have Nick on the show. Uh, yes. Nick's been on the show before, but Nick, why don't you just reintroduce yourself for anyone who's not familiar? Uh, yes, thanks, uh, guys, for having me back. I'm Nick, uh, also known as the Disney Dad on Instagram, and um, really excited to be back on here, talk a little bit about uh, Disney. And um, if uh, if you haven't yet, go uh, go check me out on Instagram, d.disney.dad. I love your photos on there. I say it every episode. I saw a great one that you posted. I guess, I guess you posted it today at the Cinderella Castle, or, or maybe that was yesterday, but it was a beautiful was photo. Yeah, great Magic stuff. Magic Kingdom Monday. Magic Kingdom Monday, exactly. Well, it's so crazy because there's nobody in the picture, and there's no editing, because you can edit people out of pictures. Right. Um, but to have a daylight Magic Kingdom shot with not a person in it was... Yeah, that's, that's unheard of. Oh, yeah. So, guys, let me begin like we do every episode. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you. Tell me what you've been up to while uh, dealing with this crazy time. Give us an update. Uh, I'm getting ready to do uh, Zoom University. So I'm taking my courses online this year. So I've been uh, getting set up with that, making sure I have all the proper equipment, the right, you know, good space where it's nice and quiet. Just getting uh, mentally prepared for what I'm sure will be a uh, very interesting semester. I don't know about anything else, but certainly will be interesting. So that's what I've been doing. When you take your tests, are they done? Are they like, what, what are they, multiple choice tests through the computer? Or that's, how do um, you do it? So, so some of the math classes I took end of the semester last year where, they, where we were doing online, they would um, basically upload a test um, and you would just have to print it out and do it. So for your math class, then you can, and then you take pictures and submit it back. So that would be more of like your traditional exam. Um, but then for, there's a lot of multiple choice, yes. And... Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time. I, I don't say I really didn't want to stay home, but just weighing in the options, it just didn't, we had the option to go back, but it just didn't seem to make much sense to do so. So I'm home and um, I'm uh, looking forward to it. And that's sarcasm intended. I'm eager to hear how this all plays out. Yeah, I have friends who are uh, getting back on campus today um, at my school and friends who are going back to other schools in the area. And um there's a lot going on, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, I've already had one of my friend goes to Notre Dame. He's stuck in a two-week uh, lockdown or quarantine they have because they had an, out, an outbreak of cases. Um, and then my, some of my other friends, I have a friend in Villanova, so they just got their first case today. So mm. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll look back on all this uh, from a couple weeks from now and know what was going on then. But we'll see. Wow. Well, good luck this semester. Thank you. Nick, what have you been up to, my friend? Well, i tell you what. I I wish they had had Zoom University when I was at college. It would have been a lot easier to wake up for an 8 a.m. Zoom class than, you know, having to get up and, and hike across campus to make it to class. Yeah. Um, now, so, Scott, a lot has changed in uh, in my life since the last time we talked. Uh, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I used to work for uh, for Cracker Barrel in the restaurant business, and I've, I've left Cracker Barrel, left the restaurant business completely, and uh, gone to work for an amazing company. Uh, called The Loving Company, based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, um, working as director of products. And it has just been an absolute blessing every single day um, that uh, that I'm with this company. I love it more and more. Just a, a fantastic group, fantastic team. 
that uh, win together, lose together. And uh, just, you know, it's, it's been such a great opportunity um, professionally, but also personally, because uh, I used to work a lot of weekends, a lot of nights, and uh, I am, uh, I'm working normal, normal hours and, yeah. uh, and doing a lot of remote working. So it's facilitating a lot more time with, with my wife and with my daughter. So we're That's really, good. really excited about that. Congrats on that. We're excited to thank you. see you progress there through the company. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's nice working for a company that uh, that forces me to travel to Orlando every other week. Yeah, that's when when I saw. I guess you posted on Facebook shortly after taking the job, and there was something that you posted, which actually made me think for a moment. You moved to Orlando, but I obviously didn't move there. But you practically it's a it's a second home anyway. But uh, that's great. You get to spend more time there, and uh, we're very happy for you. So all the best at the new company. Thank you. And uh, tonight, Nick, we're excited to have you tell us about your recent trip to Walt Disney World. You've been on the podcast a few times before telling us about your other trips. And this one is obviously different because of everything going on in the world. This is, I guess, am I correct? This is the first trip you've taken. uh, I know you were there not too long ago, but this was the longest trip you've taken in a while, right? It was, and it was the first trip to going to Disney World. Um, we had gone in, we went down in June and we did SeaWorld and we went to Disney Springs a little bit. Right. Um, but this trip was different because it was, it was all Disney. Um, we stayed at the Contemporary, which was really exciting because we'd never stayed there before. Um, and so that was, was really cool. Um, but I mean, it was, so the, the first question that I've got from everybody uh, when they found out that, that we went to Disney was, was it safe? And I got to tell you that Disney's safeguards blow everybody out of the water. Um, mm-hmm. There was, it was, guy, it was probably the safest place in America. Uh, not once that I feel unsafe in the parks, obviously cast members with masks and face shields and they take your temperature when you're coming in uh, the temperature screening um, hand wash stations, which I actually, I didn't realize um, the hand wash stations until I had taken a picture of uh, Cinderella Fountain behind the castle. And I was looking at, at the picture. And I was like, what is this thing behind the fountain? And it was a mobile hand wash station that they've, they've got stationed all over the parks. And then, of course, hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, but even to the point that, you know, when we were in line for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and a lot of the lines at Disney World's will cross each other in kind of like an S pattern mm-hmm. um, to where you're, you're standing beside somebody that's in front of you in line. Um, and they've got big gla- plexiglass partitions up in between those. So you can be standing beside somebody and be completely safe. Right. Um, and then obviously the, the, the constant cleaning of the attractions that um, Disney world really done a phenomenal job making it a safe environment for for guests and for cast members. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, one of the questions that I have about the uh, the safety measures are, did you get to any part of the trip in any of the parks where you felt it was crowded? Or did you feel that the amount of people they let in was such a level where you weren't packed together? Yeah, no, not, there was not a single time where I felt crowded at all. In fact, there wasn't a time where I, you know, when I, I felt like there was, um, you know, even a, you know, a fraction. It just, it, 
there were so few people in the park. I think the most, the heaviest consolidation of people was in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, but even then, there were fewer people in Galaxy's Edge than when I went for my Passholder preview. Right, which was a limited event to begin with. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you know, talking about, you know, limited events, we've done a lot of the after hours events mm-hmm. uh, where they only sell like 3000 tickets and it felt like being in one of those during the uh, daytime, during the daytime. Exactly. Yeah. But during, but during the daytime, uh, it was, it was really, really cool. We rode flight of passage four times without leaving the building. Wow. So what was the longest you waited for it? Was it a walk on every time? Yeah, so we, we, we got on, and it said, like, 10-minute wait, but it takes 10 minutes to get there walking. Uh, and then as you come out, they had a cast member that said, you know, would ask you, do you want to ride again? And if you did, then they just pointed you back into the building you, so you didn't have to loop, loop all the way around. Jack, and, have you ever had any experiences like that on any of your uh, <laughs> your Disney trips? I've not. It's, it's more like 10-hour wait usually, but, <laughs> I mean, that must have been – amazing just go on that ride over and over and over again i'm sure you saw something different every time yeah it was uh, it was surreal my daughter was finally brave enough to do it so soren is is her favorite attraction at disney world and we've been trying to get her uh to pluck up the courage to do flight of passage and she she finally had the courage to do it and and then we did it three more times because she loved it so much the other thing that my daughter loved when we were at hollywood studios is uh, she set a new personal record on uh, Alien Swirling Saucers. Uh, she wrote it 19 times. 19 um, times? Wow. Yeah. In a row? Yeah. Um, so it wasn't in a row. It was, it was like five or six times. I know the last stretch, they did it uh, seven times. And I think in those seven times, they only had to get off once and go through mm-hmm. the line. The rest of the time, they just let them keep going. Wow. Uh, Nick, this- let me... Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Was this was this a uh, personal record or a park record? Because it sounds pretty impressive. <laughs> it might be a park record. I don't know. That was a personal <laughs> record. Her 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 previous personal record was fourteen times in a day. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. No, it was it was crazy. And so while they were doing that, in fact, the last fifteen minutes that Hollywood Studios was open, my father-in-law rode and I rode Slinky Dog three times back to back to back. In the last fifteen minutes, the park was open. Wow. So it's, it's definitely a different experience. Um, one thing I will say is, you know, if it's going to be your only trip um, or if it's your first trip, it's going to, it's, it's going to be a very different experience. Obviously, you know, for us, we go quite often, um, you know, it, we get to you know, enjoy all the, all the rides and, um, but it's very different without all the character interaction. Mm-hmm. You, you, do, you do miss that with no meet and greets. And uh, that is a little bit different. So it's let me ask you different. Different. let me ask you a question along those lines. I, there, there's not the face-to-face character interactions, but did you see any characters in action? In other words, were you able to take photos from a socially distanced way with the characters? Yeah, you bet. So they have um, the little cavalcades that, that come through. And um, so that's a, that's a lot of fun. And they're not scheduled. Um, they can't schedule them because then people will be crowding, waiting for the com- for them to come out. So you just, um, 
I did ask a cast member, and I said, I think it's like every 40 minutes there's one coming. Mm-hmm. Every 30 minutes there, there's one coming. So um, you know that you're going to get to see them. And, um, and they're, you know, they're great while they're going by for, for taking pictures and um, getting to see the princesses. Um, Rapunzel, in fact, my daughter was wearing a Rapunzel dress. And as the cavalcade came by, uh, Rapunzel saw her and was talking to her. Um, so because the crowds are a lot smaller, you're getting a lot more interaction like that. That's socially mm-hmm. distanced um, in the uh, in the cavalcade. But uh, it is it is very different without the, um, you know, without the, the face. I will tell you, one of the coolest things is Merida on her on her horse. Mm-hmm. Um, Angus. Oh, yeah. Angus is the horse's name. I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, that is pretty cool. And what does she do? She rides it down Main Street? She just rides down, yeah. So it's almost uh, it's like, like a mini festival of fantasy, I guess, where you have um, the princesses are on a, on a float. I want to th- say it's the float from... Um, I want to say it's the float from the Christmas party. But the, the princesses are, are, are on there. So you've got like Ariel and Rapunzel and uh, Aurora, Jasmine, Snow White, and the fairy godmother at the back. Um, you have Tinkerbell is on the uh, treasure chest, which I think is also from the from either Mickey's Not So Scary or um, or the Christmas Parade. And then, um, but prior to that, you've got Merida walks down in in front of those floats on. Uh, um, she kind of leads the parade on the on the horse, which Very is cool. which really cool. Yeah. Uh, sorry to jump back, but something I, I wanted to mention, um, on Flights of Passage, I had uh, heard this from a cast member, actually. One of the times I went on the ride, a uh, cast member, she said, uh, has anyone been on this ride before? And then uh, I said that I had, and then she's, I don't know if I told you this, Scott. And no. then she said, um, if you're on the ride, there's three, um, not hidden Mickeys, but like hidden symbols on the ride. Uh, the first is, if you look, and I don't know if this is on purpose or they just look like this, but the cast member made a point of, uh, identifying it she said uh the f- it's it's all disney references so the first is you can see um expedition everest the mountain there's a at a point in the uh, flights of passage where there's a mountain that looks identical and then there was three and then the second one was that you can see pride rock from the lion king at one of the points um in the ride and i don't recall the third but i was wondering if you guys had heard that or were familiar with that at all i, I am not I, i'm not familiar with that i have I was, heard that but i'm i'm gonna have to check that out I was Googling and I couldn't find anything, but I didn't make up this interaction in my head. This cast member made it. She made a point of saying this. And as I was on the ride, I, I noticed uh, at least two of them. I don't remember what the third one was. But um, I, since you mentioned you had, you, you had been on the ride four times, I was thinking, ah, gosh, I wonder if you had seen these things. Because I, I had heard them that one time and I hadn't heard about them since. Yeah, Nick, you have right. to, next time you go, you got to ride this four times again <laughs> just to see <laughs> the, uh, the Hidden Mickey's, all the stuff. Uh, Jack, I wanted to ask you a question, actually. Nick was talking about his experiences on this trip with the parks not being that crowded. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you've been to Disney World a bunch. What do, you, do you go out of your way to try to get to the parks early morning so that you could be there when they're empty? Or do you uh, just say, hey, whatever we do, we do? Because you go a lot as well. What's your approach to this? It, it's kind of changed. Um, maybe like five or six years ago, I'd say we'd get there early. And, you know, try to get out before the crowds got there. But due to the new uh, fast pass system, you can really kind of just schedule your day pretty easily. So you're not you're not too uh, overwhelmed by anything. Like the last time I went, um, 
I was with some of my friends my age, so there was no way we were going to get them up for to get into the park in the morning. But anyways, we scheduled the, like the fast passes, you know, for just more times in the uh, late morning, early afternoon. And we usually set it up around lunch or dinner somewhere. And then it, it kind of does a good job of regulating itself because you can always get in the rides you want and the crowds aren't too bad. But it used to be that, you know, you got in, you got in early, got out early and uh, you got to do everything you wanted. But as right. years have progressed, it's changed a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, uh, there are ways, you know, some people I'll say, oh, I go to Disney a lot and they'll say, oh, why do you go? It's so crowded. I don't want to have to deal yeah. with that. But you, you really can plan accordingly. You can make it as crowded or not as crowded as you want. It's really no different than going to a, a big city on vacation where the streets can be crowded. You know, it, well, and the you know. key word there is plan. I feel like everybody that, that I talk to that complains about Disney or went and didn't, you know, didn't have a magical experience. It's because they didn't have a plan. They didn't, right. you know, say, right, this is, this is the magic kingdom. This is, this is what we're going to do and kind of, you know, try and map out their day. And I mean, you don't have to plan it out to the minute, but you, you have to have some kind of, some sort of a plan. Um, or yeah, I mean, you're going to be, you're gonna be fighting crowds and waiting. For yeah. sure. Nick, a couple questions I had for you. First off, how long was your trip overall? We were there for five days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned you were at the Contemporary. Were you at the Contemporary or Bay Lake Towers? We were at the Contemporary. And this was your first time staying there, you had said earlier. It was. It was. And actually, the longest line of the day was for the elevator at the Contemporary. Yeah. Because of social distancing, um, they would only let one party in at a time. Like I felt really guilty getting on the elevator by myself. They had a cast member there, mm-hmm. one person in, right? Um, or one party, and uh, so I felt really, really bad about uh, about uh, about doing that. But uh, yeah, that was the longest wait of the day. It was like thirty minutes to catch the elevator, and of course we were on like the ninth floor. So, and what did you overlook? Did you have an, a good view? Yes, we um, we had a uh, we had a lake view. Okay. Um, and uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was stunning, and the room was was fantastic. That was um, one of the best experiences I've had at a Disney resort. Now I've heard that the contemporary rooms are among the biggest on property, and it's because it was one of the original hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I understand, even though I've always found this hard to believe, but I think I'm right about this. Maybe you guys know is that when the hotel was built, they literally had the shell of the contemporary yeah. and, and they slid the rooms room, in. They, yeah, they slid them into the frame, which is right. the coolest thing, which because of that, the size of the rooms isn't going to change. Right. Like that, it, it's going to be what it is. Yeah, I was, when we walked in, I could not believe how big it was, um, you know, comparing it to when we stayed at the Grand Floridian, um, it was, it was notably bigger than, um, than we, when we stayed at the Grand Floridian. And did you have any unique dining experiences over at the Contemporary? No, because there's not a lot of, uh, of dining. So Chef Mickey is open, but there's no, there's no characters. Right. Um, and, uh, and so we, we didn't have there. I, truthfully, there was nothing new. There was nowhere new that we, that we ate, uh, right. on this trip, which, you know, I always like to try something new or, or go to a new place, but, with um with COVID, a lot of the you know the character dining isn't isn't there. Right. Oh, what am I talking about? We did <laughs> um so we did eat at uh, at Topolino's 
We had breakfast at Topolino's. That's at the um, Riviera, at Riviera, right? That's a character. Yeah, meal. that is. And right. um, which that was so that was a great experience and a garbage experience at the same time. Okay, interesting. Why is that? And it's not often that you, you know, you hear me use those words to describe anything at Disney, but um, so the characters are phenomenal. I mean, it, it, Mickey and Minnie are adorable in their outfits, Donald and Daisy. Um, they're great. And the way they come out and they'll stop and they'll let you take pictures, socially distanced. Um, that was fantastic. I was not impressed by the menu at all. Now we were there for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not impressed with, with the menu. Um, the food was not, not great at all. It, it certainly wasn't what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably the worst service I've ever had at a Disney restaurant. So was it not, when you say not what you were expecting, are you talking about in the quality of the food or in the items that they offered? Um, so I, I looked at the menu, so I knew what they were offering. And so I, you know, and, and it sounded really, really good on, uh, on the menu. Um, but it just, it wasn't, it just didn't, it, the, the food wasn't great. It didn't taste, uh, it just wasn't really that good. Interesting. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away. And then our service was, was not good. And listen, I, you know, I give people in the service industry a lot of leeway when we go out to eat because I know how difficult it is, but also know the standard for service. And I know what good service looks like. And I know what bad service looks like. Um, and it's terrible. So, um, my wife's food was not high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we waited and waited and waited. And eventually I had to get up and go and grab somebody after she'd you know been sitting there with cold food for like five minutes. Um, and so like that sort of thing, that's just not, that's not the Disney standard. And I know I, again, in, in all the time that we've been going to Disney, this is, that was by far the worst service we ever had. Wow. Um, so I, I don't think that's the standard there. I think that certainly the exception, but it, I was kind of bummed out by that. Um, the characters were great, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, not, not probably not my, uh, wouldn't be at the top of my list to, to go back. Now, Jack, you were supposed to go on a trip this year to Disney and stay at the Riviera <clears throat> and the trip was canceled because that was the, the park was canceled. So you couldn't go. Um, do you know if you're planning on staying at Riviera on future trips? I think we are, but we're really unsure of when the next trip is going to be. Just we don't know when we're going to get back down there. Right. Um, it's 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 hard to kind of predict. But, yeah, that is that is the plan to stay there just because we, we usually stay at the boardwalk. Which I've definitely mentioned on the show before. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of wanted to uh, try something a little bit new. So uh, maybe we'll avoid that restaurant. But um we should be staying there. Nick, I did want to ask, uh, when you're in the park, is there anything, or even in the hotels, is there anything that you would typically enjoy that you can't enjoy anymore? Is there anything closed or uh, did you find that your experience is anyway limited or was it only, uh, or was it, was it pretty, pretty normal in the sense that you got to do everything you wanted? Um, so some of the dining, uh, inside the park. So like, 
Um, Woody's lunchbox wasn't open. Um, Friar's Nook wasn't open. There are a couple of those smaller places that weren't open, and that that I like to go. Like I like to go get a bratwurst from Friar's Nook. You know, it's that's it, something I enjoy doing. I was very thankful that Satuli Canteen was open uh, <laughs> because we did eat there when we were at Animal Kingdom. Um, but you know, and it, it was some of that stuff. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that weren't open. Um, but honestly, no. Um, you know, and I always have the at you know the attitude that your trip is going to be what you make of it, and so it. You know, we were focusing a lot not on the things that were closed or the things that we couldn't do, but mm-hmm. the things that we really could do, like riding everything, like walking on to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Yeah. Um, you know, Haunted Mansion was a little bit different because you don't have the stretching room pre-show. Right. Uh, you just uh, walk okay. straight through because um, obviously they can't. Yeah. Um, they can't keep you confined. So now everybody knows, you know, will know the secret that when you go into the stretching room, you always stand underneath the uh, uh, the, the tightrope lady because that's always where the door is. Right. Uh, speaking of Haunted Mansion, have you guys seen the new merchandise connected to the Haunted Mansion? There's a spirit jersey out and a pair of Crocs, which are sold out. Both of those are sold out. Shop Disney, <laughs> you can't even get it. But um, I've never owned Crocs in my life. I actually, I, I never out. even tried them on. And I want those Haunted Mansion Crocs. There's, I, I put them on my wish list on Shop Disney. I, I want them very badly, even though I've never worn them before in my life. Crocs are, uh, now, nowadays, they're making a comeback. They used to be practical when they first came out, and then no one wanted to wear them anymore, and now they're kind of a fashion statement. You actually see a sure. lot of uh, so-called you know, influencers online wearing Crocs now, so I, I'm not, not surprised to hear that uh, they sold out online. Plus, it's Disney and everything they make sells out. Right. I didn't know that. I have worn Crocs for years uh, working in the restaurant business because they were the best thing for my knees and my back. Right. Um, but uh, but you're I an influencer, actually, Nick. You're an influencer. Yeah, you're right. ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, the problem is I got rid of all the other Crocs. I have one pair of Crocs that I've had for like eight years. And oh, they, wow. they basically live beside the door for whenever I need to run outside and I'm barefoot. I'll throw those Crocs on. Those are my my go everywhere Crocs and my wife begs and pleads for me to throw them away. But. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question and then we'll, we'll pick back up with the trip report, but talking about this, I've been paying attention recently to all of the Disney merchandise announcements. And there's a lot of Halloween stuff that they're starting to come out with. Is it weird for you guys to see all this Halloween merch for sale because we don't even know what Halloween's going to look like this year? Or is it, do you get as like for me personally, I love Halloween. So I love seeing each year the new merchandise. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking of Mickey's Not So Scary, Halloween Horror Nights, trick-or-treating, all that good stuff. This year, all that's canceled. I don't know about trick-or-treating, but certainly the, those other things. So it's like I'm looking at the merch, and I want a lot of it. But in a way, it's it's leaving me with a longing in my stomach for what's not there. Is it? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I think it's going to be a way – because Halloween's going to be different. Obviously, it's going to be different. Um but I think it's a way to still have a little bit of normalcy about mm-hmm. Halloween. And let's be honest, we're, people are going to find a way to have Halloween and to do, you know, um, like drive-by trick-or-treating or something. Uh, you know, something people will figure out a way to enjoy Halloween. And I think having, you know, having that merch 
it you know people are are, are going to enjoy you know getting new stuff for Halloween and still trying to enjoy what they can out of Halloween you know get a little bit of normalcy out of it mm-hmm. yeah I agree Jack what are you doing for Halloween this year do you know I'm just thinking I I would be doing something enjoyable but I'll be home I'll be home with my my parents so uh, I'll go trick or treat at your house I'll do a drive by trick or treat probably I'll not dress a, up as a lot podcaster. much <laughs> it's going to be um, a Zoom Halloween party yeah, yeah right Zoom University so I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but that's a good point. I mean, the new normal, so they keep talking about. I mean, the hope is we go back to the old normal at some point, but um, I think it's good. Just, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you got to have a, some semblance of normalcy. You got to just yeah. kind of got to keep moving. Uh, so I, I think it's good. Yeah, I, I, I've actually been ordering some of the Halloween merchandise, and I'm very excited for it because you, you, you guys are right. It definitely does bring that normalcy in, and that's very welcome this year. With well, I'll tell on. you what, we just, we've got somebody making a, a custom Halloween outfit for my daughter because uh, she wants to be Eliza Hamilton for Halloween. So one <laughs> way or another, nice. we are finding a, way, finding a way to do some trick-or-treating so she can be Eliza Hamilton and I can be totally. Alexander Hamilton. That's, awesome. uh, that's a good thing to, uh, to talk about. Has, um, did you guys recently see the uh, Hamilton through Disney Plus, I presume? Yes. Man, so it came out, and we have in our house. I'm not. So it came out July 3rd. Conservatively, we've watched it a hundred times. Wow, really? You know what's amazing about it, though? So my daughter watched it, and obviously we try to be careful of the language. But she be, just became enamored with it. I mean, mm-hmm. just absolutely obsessed. But she got really into American history which was phenomenal. In fact, for, so her birthday was in July and, um, my, so my dad lives in South Africa. And so he sent some money over for her, for her birthday, and you know, kind of let us decide what was going to go into her college fund and what she could have for her birthday. So I told her she had a hundred dollars from granny and grandpa to spend for her birthday. And she decided that she wanted to spend $50 at the bookstore and then have $50 for Disney. And so we went to a bookstore because we actually have a Barnes and Noble here. I don't know how many of those still exist, but we went to Barnes and Noble and she picked out a, uh, a Smithsonian book on all the U.S. presidents. Wow! And and then a book called "A Hundred A Hundred True Tales from American History." Those are the books that she chose. Wow. And so that was really really exciting. So we're encouraging that. But yeah, I'd that's say a good thing. Really, she is almost a hundred percent on. Uh, lyrics in Guns and Ships. She can, she can <laughs> just about get the whole rap out. She's not quite as good at, good as me as, at it, but she's getting, for a seven-year-old, she is phenomenal at it. Jack, how many times have you watched Hamilton? Well, I, um, probably on Disney Plus, probably at least a dozen. Um, I, back in the day before they had it on Disney Plus, I don't know if, if this is bad for me to admit, but I, I watched it online through, you know, other means uh, with the original cast. But man, is it cool to see it on Disney Plus. And it's so great now that such a wide audience of people can see it. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, Nick, it's I, so I'm a lifeguard in the summer. And so I've, you know, always overhear the kids talking. And there's all these kids, they come and sing in the lyrics in the show. And they just come, it's just great to hear them singing, you know, those lyrics instead of, you know, the wide variety of garbage that kids listen to nowadays aside from that. So, like you it's really great that um, the, 
younger audience, which I'd, I guess I'd include myself in that too, are now um, listening to things and exploring things they wouldn't have previously. So, yeah, it's it's for uh, dude. Lin Manuel Miranda is just a national treasure. That that guy's <laughs> absolutely just phenomenally talented. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because. I saw Hamilton in person on Broadway, not with the Lin-Manuel Miranda cast. It was the next cast. And I actually liked it more on Disney Plus than in person. And people are surprised when I say that. But the answer is, the reason is pretty clear to me. It's because when I was watching it on Disney Plus, the way it was filmed was like a movie. And they got the up-close camera shots. You could see the emotions. I actually watched it with the subtitles on. It enabled me to follow the lyrics better and enhance my appreciation of the story. When you go to see it in person, they have on the left and right sides of the theater along the side of the stage, the lyrics. And I was sitting in the back of the orchestra and it was weird, I'm watching the show, I'm trying to read the lyrics. It's very difficult to do. At home, it's, it's easy to do and it's actually a more enriching experience because it enhances your appreciation of what you're hearing them rap about. So, um, I thought it was, uh, I, I had a great time with it. I, I haven't watched it as much as you guys, but I did like it more on Disney Plus than in theaters, which uh, definitely puts me in the minority. Most people I talk to that have seen it in person say, oh, it, it's much better in person. I'm not so sure about that. I think also, Scott, there's something to be said about the original cast, because if you listen, I don't know if you listened to the music before you went, but uh, I've like heard different versions of their cast. As soon as you listen to the original album, with from you know from the original actors and then you hear it it's kind of hard to compare just because you, you fall in love with the uh, music as you hear it the first time and then it's tough to hear a different version of it right well, right and it's hard i mean it's hard to compete too with you think about the people that are in that cast um it's like it's it's hard to imagine anybody other than david diggs being lafayette or yeah. thomas jefferson um but uh it was actually it was really exciting you know just from the history standpoint so my wife's family uh, came over from France with uh, with Lafayette. Um, oh wow! Yeah, Jacques Laval um, was like Lafayette's um, second in command, and uh, and that was how they moved here. Mm-hmm. And so her aunt actually has one of Lafayette's swords. Wow! Um, oh my gosh! Is, is, yeah, which is really really cool. So that was really awesome. Because I mean, my wife was a history major in college. And so she was, she was, she was loving that. But then also being able to share that with Annabelle, you know, like here's your connection to this amazing piece of art that yeah. might be, you know, the 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 greatest piece of art in the last hundred years. Do yeah, you guys absolutely. think there's a future in the Disney parks for Hamilton? Is there something there for Hamilton? I mean, it's definitely, you know, Liberty Square would be the the obvious fit. Right. I'd have no problem with it. I think it would be great. Um, just because, you, like like everyone, like we're talking about, you see how mu- there's such a market for it. People are in love, in love with the show. Um, you know, like you said, your daughter wanting to dress up. Uh, that's that's Disney's uh, bread and butter. They see a need and people will buy things for it. And the, the, there you see it. It's an addition to the park. So I think it would be great. In five years, I'm going to be wearing Hamilton Crocs and Spirit jerseys. <laughs> 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 Uh, Nick, just going back to your trip, a few other questions I wanted to ask you. Uh, can you tell us about uh, some of your other dining experiences besides Tupolino's on the trip? Yeah, so I mean that was that was the only place that was that was new uh, for us. You know, mobile ordering is is huge, um, 
And so everywhere you go, you they don't let you refill your drinks. They've got a cast member there, and they'll they'll take your cup and they'll refill it for you. Um, and and you mobile order everywhere you go, and then uh, and then pick up. So you know they've got those safeguards in in place. Um, the only other place that we sat down, so obviously we went to Centurion Canteen because you got to. Um, yeah. And then and then you know uh, Liberty Tree Tavern, which is. You know, I, I really enjoy Liberty Tree Tavern. That's that's always a good experience. Um, and again, you know, we had a good time walking around there. And of course, Annabelle was because re- I've got the Thomas Jefferson room, and mm-hmm. we're sitting next to the Betsy Ross fireplace. We got the George Washington room, and um, so we really, you know, for for people that haven't eaten at Liberty Tree Tavern, it's it's a lot of food. That's what I hear. I've like never a, been there, but I, I it looks like, like an, a lot of food. It's an eat and go take a nap. Jack, you've been there a bunch, right? Liberty Tree. That was one of our favorites. We always used to. We went back when they had. I don't know if they still have the characters there, but we used to. We always went with the characters there. And Nick's exactly right. It's an eat and go, take a nap. It's <laughs> an eat and don't do anything for the rest of the day. They just bring you these giant, giant platters of like the most comfort, comfort food you could ever think of, and yeah, it's like amazing. Mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, <laughs> yeah, um, dressing, and then you know turkey. Pork roast, um, pot roast. Oh man, that's good yeah, stuff. It's, it's very good. Um, yeah, so that was that was the only other uh, you know sit down place that uh, that we ate. But I mean, there's it's it, it, it's a lot of mobile ordering, um, mm-hmm. and uh, even at um, at the wave. That was the other place we we ate breakfast at the wave, um, and. Have you ever eaten at the Wave? Jack, you've been at the Wave? I've been there for breakfast. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest meals that you can have on property is the grits. Okay. It is one of the single best food items on property. They're amazing. We actually ate breakfast there two days in a row just for those grits. Wow. And it it, it used to be a buffet, and it's not anymore. Um, So... I felt a little bit bad. The second day I had an omelet and I ordered three sizes of grits. Um, <laughs> it's okay. They're not at capacity anyway. So they'll be, you know, they got plenty of food for you. Those grits are so good. They're absolutely that. phenomenal. That was the best thing I ate in the whole trip. That's awesome. Uh, any Disney Springs experiences on this trip? No, we didn't. We just, um, you know, we stayed at the parks and then, and then at the, the contemporary. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, which, you know, which was a lot of fun. They went down to, uh, my wife and my daughter went down to the pool with, uh, actually while we were there, some, some friends of mine from high school were there, um, with, uh, with their two kids and they were staying at the contemporary as well. So, um, my daughter and their daughter, it was the first time they had met, but they became best friends instantly. That's Um, good. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. So they, they got to spend some time at the pool while I was at the Magic Kingdom shutting the place down. Uh, did you get the sense that the contemporary was putting limits on capacity? I haven't heard if the hotels are limiting capacity. Have you heard anything about that? I, I haven't, but I, I don't think they were anywhere near capacity. But, I mean, it, yeah, it definitely wasn't. The contemporary definitely wasn't, wasn't close to capacity. Uh, and that's even with... Yeah, I mean, they're only operating DVC resorts because we were originally scheduled to stay. We were booked to stay at Port Orleans Riverside. 
Mm-hmm. But obviously that trip got 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 moved, and so we got moved to the contemporary. There were two other questions I had for you, and then Jack, I'll turn it over to you. Um, the next question was, did you see anything on the grounds of Walt Disney World related to the NBA playoffs going on? I know they're kind of living in that bubble. Yeah. So the, you the only thing we were riding the monorail, and we we. We were going into the Grand Floridian, and there was a ton of people at the pool. And I looked at my wife, and I said, I didn't, I didn't think the Grand Floridian was open. She goes, it's not. She goes, I guess the pool's open. And then came to found, come to find out later in the day that um, the families of the NBA players were staying oh. at the Grand Floridian. And so that's who was swimming in the pool. And so wow. Was, yeah. And that, that was it. By the way, guys, I love watching the NBA at Disney World. The, the quality of the games have been great. And the way the courts are designed, it's out of all the sports that have come back, even though hockey is probably my favorite sport overall to watch, the, the, I'm, I'm talking about in general, hockey is my favorite sport. In terms of what's available now, I like watching basketball the most. The games have been great. It's very weird, too, to see it in Disney World. It's just strange to me. It is. Yeah. I've, I've been watching them as also, Scott. And obviously, I, everyone misses the, having the crowds there, but... Uh, they have done a good job making it entertaining with the giant uh, board in the background and yeah. pumping in crowd noise. And it's the games have been good too. Um, I just the game I was just watching was Denver and Utah, and uh, Denver came back to now. I think the the series is three one. They're about to get swept. So uh, they've been really good. I thought it's been competitive. It's it's been fun to watch. I'll tell you guys a quick story about the NBA. So the other night I made a bet because betting is legal here, uh, and. I bet in the Lakers-Blazers game, I bet the over. So I needed there to be 225 points scored in the game to win. 224 <laughs> points was the total. So I, I missed it by one, which is uh, oh, geez. typical. But, uh, <laughs> Nick, my other question for you was, I, I wanted to know about your experience at Epcot. And the only reason I ask about that park specifically is because I have heard from several people who have been to Epcot since the parks reopened that due to the construction, it really is the park that feels the most different. Uh, did you experience that, or, and did you agree? So, well, to be honest with you, we, we actually, it was the only park we couldn't get a reservation for. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. We uh, we couldn't get a, a reservation for um, for Epcot. We did Magic Kingdom twice. We did Hollywood Studios twice. We did Animal Kingdom once. Um, Good. And so, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. But I can, I mean, that that would make sense. There's so much going on at Epcot that even prior to, to coronavirus, it was feeling like more of a half a day kind of thing, unless you're going to go, you know, really some, spend some time in, in World Showcase, which, let's be honest, in the summertime can be very dangerous. Yes. Um, especially if you're drinking your way around the world. <laughs> That's for sure. And it's interesting because one of the Disney World, you know, I follow so much news about Disney World. Maybe it was on Flipboard, the app I was reading. There was an article that said that out of all of the Disney parks, Epcot and I don't remember the other one. It may have been Hollywood Studios are the two busiest parks. They're busier than the Magic, Magic Kingdom that was not on that list in terms of the top two, which was surprising because Magic Kingdom traditionally is number one, I suppose. But um, yeah, on your next trip, are you planning on being in Epcot? Yes, we are. Um, we'll be in Epcot on Saturday. So you're going down there. Uh, before we talk about that trip, Nick, because I wanted to go over that a little bit, Jack, let me turn it over to you. Any other questions for our friend Nick tonight? 
Yeah, just one. So uh, my fa- my family, uh, we made a trip to uh, Florida a couple months before things really got crazy. But in the midst of it, we noticed that on the plane, since they were taking so many precautions, it was cleaner. There were way far fewer people on it. We kind of enjoyed flying during this craziness prior to anything else that we were flying in. I wonder if you had that experience in the park at all. I know you said that there were some smaller crowds. Obviously, you said that you got to go on a lot of the rides. Did you ever? Did you think at any of the points like, heck, I could, I could get used to uh, the parks like this because it's not too bad? Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, it was, it was phenomenal just with with you know very low crowds, and I know it won't stay like that forever. But I mean, yeah, and you know, Disney parks are, are let's be honest, they're always clean. They do they do yeah. a great job of, of keeping the, the place clean, but it's it's even at a at a at a higher level with the disinfecting and, you know, they'll stop and they'll disinfect the rides and then let them run through. Um, you know, all in all, I felt like Disney did a phenomenal job, you know, balancing everything that they needed to do from a safety standpoint above and beyond what other parks have done. Um, but, and then balancing that with doing everything they can to create magic in, in what they do. And, you know, they were great about even there are a couple of times like your mask could fall below your nose um, and you have to use face masks. You can't use the, the gaiters. It has to be a, you know, full mask that, that hooks behind your ears. Um, and, uh, but if it, you know, if it, if it was just kind of below your nose, cast member very politely, your mask needs to be over your nose. And um, so, I mean, again, the, the Disney attention to detail is, is unparalleled. Jack, do you have any Disney masks, official Disney ones? Uh, I know my family ordered some. We got some. They were selling some on the website, so we, they got some uh, Star Wars ones, I think. Some. Yeah. Uh, so we have a couple, yeah. Nick, I ordered the Star Wars ones today based on our conversation. I just needed size advice. And Nick, you, I think I saw on at least one picture from your trip. You, you ha- were wearing the Disney masks. Yeah, so I've got, uh, I've got the Mickey one, um, and then I've got the one that's you know a bunch of Mickeys in a pattern all over the mask. I've got a Stitch one. I've got a Winnie the Pooh one. I've got a Hulk one. I think it's all of them. Oh, mm-hmm. and I've got uh, the child. Oh, the child with the. Uh, that's yeah. a great one. Baby Yoda. Oh yeah, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Annabelle, uh, my daughter has got um, a Hamilton mask. She's got one that's got the Skylar sisters, mm-hmm. and then it says work. Yeah. On it. And then she's got another one that is the the star, but instead of Hamilton, it's Minnie Mouse. Oh, cool. nice! And uh, so she's she's pretty she's pretty decked out. She has to wear a mask at school. She doesn't want to wear the Hamilton masks at school because none of the other kids know what Hamilton is. Really? She's really? The only she's the only seven year old who's like obsessed with Hamilton. <laughs> well, she's one of the smarter seven year olds, that's for sure. Well, definitely yes. Uh, Nick, before we go to the Stuff We Love segment, can you just give us a little preview of your next trip? Because it's coming up this week, right? You're going there this week. Yeah, we're just taking a little quick dash um, down. And, uh, in fact, I'll be working Friday morning while they they go to the parks. But, um, yeah, we're going to drive down Thursday night, and um, we'll hang out at Magic Kingdom on, um, on Friday and then Epcot on Saturday. And then I believe back at Magic Kingdom Sunday morning into the afternoon, and then we'll we'll drive back kind of late Sunday afternoon. Um, but uh, you know we really don't have a whole lot planned um, 
just gonna kind of go down and, and feel out the crowd, see what what all has changed. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me, with with low crowds, I'm just spending an awful lot of time taking pictures. And uh, Nick, uh, where are you staying on this trip? Um, so we are actually we're staying at, at one of the Blue Green resorts. Uh, okay. In the Blue Green Fountains, which is only about six minutes from um, uh, from the gates to, to property, so uh, really really convenient and, and an easy one to sort of get in and out. When you come back, will you join us on the podcast again and uh, give us a report? Yes, absolutely. I'll give you a comparison from cool. Yeah, the July trip to the August trip and see see how things have see how things have changed. That's awesome. Uh, Jack, any other questions for Nick before we turn to stuff we love? Nope. Very good. Nick, thank you uh, for being here tonight. Always enjoy your trip reports. They're informative, and I feel like I learn something every time you're on the podcast, something just uh, for my future trip planning. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. You know, I always always love talking Disney, so. Yeah. And I'll take a moment, as we do every episode, to plug your Instagram, the.disney.dad. Uh, phenomenal photos. Jack, I know you follow Nick. I follow Nick. And uh, you're one of the top Disney photographers there is. So really, thank you for those posts. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for following along. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, so now it's time for the Stuff We Love segment. This is the part of the show where tonight Nick, Jack, and I are going to be talking about something we're enjoying right now. Could be a movie, a song, uh, watching the NBA and Disney, like we said earlier. Uh, we'll go around, and Nick, we'll start with you. What's your stuff we love tonight? So, you know, for me, it's just, it's going to be real simple, and I'm not big into TikTok, but there's a TikTok account that you have to go check because these videos are just, they're so much fun to watch. The account is at Mike underscore CLT. Okay. At Mike underscore CLT. And what Making Mike does that. is he takes these canvases and... Um, he puts them on like a spinner in his garage and he spins them. And then he's got a tray that holds different colors of paint and he Mm -hmm. swings it over the canvas as the canvas is spinning and makes these videos of him making these paintings. Um, and they're really, really cool. I don't know if I actually, I shared one of his videos like last week of him doing a, uh, a Mickey mouse one. And it's just, it's so much fun to watch these, uh, these videos and he's on Instagram as well. Um, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a big difference between the number of followers he has on Instagram, the number of followers he has on TikTok. He's got about 900,000 followers on TikTok and like 3000 on Instagram, but wow. his videos are, shows the power of TikTok. Yeah. Um, his videos, they're really, really fun to watch. Um, cool. and, uh, Mike is actually a friend of mine and now. He is my, uh, my new boss. So. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great recommendation. We'll be sure to check that out. Jack, how about you tonight? So my recommendation uh, might be a little bit more obscure for, for most people. It is a new video game I've been playing. So since I'm home, I have a lot more time on my hands been checking out some of the new games. So I'm obviously excited to check out um, Madden 21, which comes out very soon, actually. I think either end of this month or beginning of next. But then a I new game I just... Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and then a new game I checked out is this game called Rogue Company. So it's a uh, it's a shooter game. You can play on Xbox, uh, PlayStation, uh, computer, PC, whatever you want. 
Um, but I recently discovered it just based on someone I had followed online who had posted, posted a clip from it. And it's in a beta version right now, but it's, it's really fun. And I have the feeling that this game could uh, really blow up and become one of the new popular ones. Obviously, there's Fortnite, Apex Legends, Call of Duty, you know, you name it. Um, but for anyone who does play video games, I highly recommend checking it out because I think you'll enjoy it. Very cool. That's Rogue Company and available on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And PC as well. And PC. Very cool. Great recommendation. Uh, my recommendation is a film I watched the other night on Disney+. Plus. It's a documentary called Howard. It is directed by Don Hahn, who is one of the uh, one of the producers of Beauty and the Beast and those other great Disney films. And it's a documentary about the lyricist Howard Ashman, who uh, had an amazingly successful career in musical theater and in Disney animation. He was the lyricist for The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, which when you take a moment and you think about those films, the songs and the, the lyrics in particular, that's an, a remarkable achievement. He also did the lyrics on Little Shop of Horrors, the musical, and um, other things as well. And he uh, unfortunately passed away at a young age from AIDS. The film was uh, interesting. I learned a lot of things I never knew before was very uh, emotional and at times difficult to watch because of what happened in his life. But it's a, it's a really well-done film, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. There, there's not much I could add to it except to say I consider it, if you're a Disney fan and or a fan of musical theater, it's a must-see. So I don't know if you guys have seen it yet or were planning on watching it, but... Yeah, we watched that the other night. I'll second that. You know, it was that was really, really... Uh, was was awesome. You know, I knew a fair amount about Howard Ashman prior to watching it, just because that combination of, of him and Alan Menken, yeah, um, created a large portion of of you know the later part of my childhood. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. And you're right. It, there are times it's it, it's hard to watch, but when you think about such a remarkable talent, you know, taken so young was taken so soon i mean think about how much more he could have done yeah in his career that's sad um but yeah it was that was it's a great watch jack have you seen it yet i have not i've seen the uh ads for it i think i guess it was on instagram i saw it but um it's on my list definitely going to check it out it looks like um really inspiring story so yeah i'll, I'll uh, tell you guys one quick thing about it that i learned so don Hahn was on Lou Mangello's podcast, WDW Radio, and he said that Alan Menken actually scored the music for the documentary, and he did it as oh, wow. a tribute to Howard Ashman, which I thought was, I didn't know that before I saw it, and I heard that. I, I noticed was like, that yeah. in the credits, when mm -hmm. we finished, what my wife and I were watching, and I noticed that in the credits, that um, that Alan Menken had, had scored it, and I just I thought that was a really neat kind of tribute to that sort of close working partner of his. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that, that's a real, real good movie to check out. So I guess that takes us to the end of the podcast tonight. Uh, Nick, thanks again for joining us this evening. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Great to be with you. Uh, I'll take a moment to tell our listeners where they can find the podcast on social media. We have a brand new website. We've moved over to Podbean for our podcast hosting duties. So uh, we could be found stuffwelovepodcast.podbean.com. We're on Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We're on Twitter, Stuff We Love Pod. We have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, so go check us out on there. 
and stay tuned because we have some real exciting stuff coming out for the podcast. And uh, we wish everyone well. Continue to stay safe and stay healthy. And uh, gentlemen, you, you do the same. Nick, have a great trip. And uh, Jack, good luck with the start of school this year. Thank you. And we'll go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Jack. And I'm Nick. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.